All right, so now should we start the message? Yeah. Let's do the message. Yeah. Let's do, let's do, the Lord actually has given uh, Heidi and I a message together. It's kind of funny how this one came together because we've been talking about wisdom, the mighty owl, the wise old owl, about how unwise many people are in this world, and there are a few that are wise, and kind of the call to be a people of wisdom. That's what our hope is, is that you would be people of wisdom so that if something happened and our church were to mysteriously poof disappear and you guys were to poof disappear, I don't know, maybe like a rapture or something, people would go, hey, where are all the wise people? We're all the kind people. We're all the good people. And it's, it's you. Um, and so we talked about different things. <laughs> you have such a way with words. I know. Offended. Oh, you were the good and wise people. Okay. Anyway, um, so we talked about different subjects. And this subject came up for both of us, and uh, we were going to talk about it a couple weeks ago, and then Heidi sat down and she goes, um, I know we were going to talk about that, however, I have this whole other message. <laughs> like, all right, so she preached, and now we're coming back to this one a few weeks later, and it's, we've both got thoughts on this idea from the book of Ecclesiastes. But we wanted to begin with a poem, and uh, it's a poem for fall from a, my, my, one of my two favorite poets, Wendell Berry. Um, and I'm going to read it to you. It'll be on the screen behind me. And I just want you to enjoy it for a minute, okay? This, just enjoy this poem. Here it comes. It's a poem for all autumn called Grace. The wood is shining this morning. Red, gold, and green, the leaves lie on the ground or fall or hang full of light in this air still. Perfect in its rise and in its fall, it takes the place it has been coming to forever. It is not hastened there or lagged. See how surely it has sought itself, its roots passing lordly through the earth. See how without confusion it is, all that it is, and how flawless its grace is. Running or walking, the way is the same. Be still, be still. He moves your bones, and the way is clear. Wisdom is like poetry, and it's like reading scripture. It's not easily done. It takes work. I think as I was thinking this week about... Um, Wisdom and seasons, I realize that wisdom takes work. Scriptures, if you are a Bible Project fan, I'm a super big Bible Project fan, and he teaches you that to understand Scripture truly takes work. You need to know the context. You need to know the cultural background. You need to know, he, he teaches you all these pieces and all these nuances, and he'll teach you the Hebrew and the Greek, and then he says, go for a walk. And see what comes out. Go for a walk and then see what settles in your. This is how I this is see what the Holy Spirit brings to you. Go about and think about it. And that's like poetry. You don't just read it the first I don't just read it the first time and know what the author's trying to say. It's the same thing with the scriptures. You can read it the first time and you get like a cursory. And then the longer you read it, and the more you sit with it, and the more context you know, and the more pieces you sit with, the more it grows and it deepens. And so today we're going to talk about seasons and wisdom. 
and doing the work of going through the seasons. You can go through life and the same things can happen to one person and they come out and they are not changed. They look the same. And another person can go through grief and sorrow and hard times and joy and mountaintops and you get through and they look like a completely different person. And sometimes I've noticed, though, you go through these hard times or these joyful times, and we'll be honest, the only person that really knows you're different is yourself. But you know you are not the same, and you never will be. So today, we're going to walk through the seasons. We invite you to listen and see what maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Uh, we believe that the scriptures talk a lot about seasons and a lot about sowing and planting. And we believe that we go through different seasons. I believe that we're all in, a, in different seasons here even now. And the more I thought about it this week, I thought, even though sometimes I might feel like I'm in fall right now, I'll have moments of winter. I have days of winter and I have days of play in summer. So we're going to go through it today and, and invite you. To look, at the, to look at your season and to really listen to this Holy Spirit speaking to you and what is the Holy Spirit inviting you to in that season. So as we go, be, be listening. So we're going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It is, it's probably the most obvious place in the whole Bible to do this from, um, and yet there's something really good in the repetition of hearing it again. Uh, when, we, when we repeat, like even worship songs, when we sing repetitive worship songs, when we hear uh, Bible verses over and over again, what happens is, is they deepen. They get pressed down further into our souls. And so uh, we're going to read this passage to you from, um, not Ephesians, Ecclesiastes, the other E one, uh, chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8. Again, it'll be on the screen behind me. Uh, Nobody sing in this moment. I know some of you will start to sing it in your head. Just reserve that for after church, okay? For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. God, I pray that you would make us wise people as we think about the seasons and how you have something for us in each season of our life, especially in this moment now, because this is the only moment we have and the only season that we truly have is the one that you bring us to in this day. So be with us as we speak in your name. Amen. So I don't know if you noticed, but you may have noticed it on the screen. If you have your scriptures open to you in front of you, uh, I just read you another poem. Um, much of the wisdom literature of the Bible is poetry. We want to read like Job as a story, but if you look at the form, just, just look at where all the tabs are, okay? If you're a typer, a typer, a person who types, one who types, a typist, 
you know, you put tabs in there to move the margin over. And if you look at Job, it is doing this number. It's because it's a song. It's a poem. Um, Proverbs is done the same way in much of Ecclesiastes. It's poetry. And you have to take time to let poetry like this seep into our souls. It takes reflection. There's beauty and symmetry and repetition in it and imagery. And so you want to dig into those things. This poem is about our experience as human beings and how contradictory it is. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in one day you can experience some of these pairs. You can, you can uh, experience a new birth and a death. You can experience, uh, you know, a killing of something, but also a healing of something. You can experience um, times where you need to throw away all the stones from your field, but in the same day, building something up by gathering new stones. Our, our lives are really contradictory that way. And we get mixed up, and sometimes, like she said, in the same day, you can experience fall and winter and summer, and it's confusing and it's conflicting. And yet, it's the life we've been given, and God has an invitation for us in the midst of each of those things. One of the things that I know for sure about seasons, and I think yesterday kind of proved it, there is nothing we can do to control the seasons of our life. I know you're already writing this down. And some of you are going, wait a minute, this is a newsflash? There is nothing you can do to control the seasons of your life. They're going to happen in their order no matter what you do. There is nothing that we can do to hang on to summer forever. We might try. We might want to desperately. But there is nothing you can do to hold on to summer. It is going to slide into fall. And there's nothing you can do to hold on to these gorgeous autumn days that October gave us. I mean, it wasn't October amazing, guys. Ugh. I, I could just live in those first couple of weeks of October for the rest of my life. The reds and the golds and the greens and the sunsets. Oh, my goodness. But the late part of October happens. Yesterday happens, right? The sky turns black and opens up, and out comes this, God forgot his promise to Noah yesterday, right? Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't going to flood the earth again. And all the leaves get knocked out, and it changes. There's nothing we can do. But one thing we can know for sure is this, is that in every season, God is good. It doesn't matter, and this is, I mean, it, this really frustrates me, honestly, as a person, and it may frustrate you, but when I get into places like winter and the, the, the months where it seems hard, the, the seasons that are difficult, it seems like God is unconcerned. Do you know why? Because He is. <laughs> he knows that the seasons are going to change, and He knows that it might be winter for you now, but there is resurrection and new life, and He's like, yeah. I empathize with you, I, I come down to where I, I, I hurt with you, but he's not really very freaked out. My spiritual director this week, we talked about this, and it's like Jesus in the boat with the disciples, right? Going across the lake, huge storm comes along, what's Jesus doing? He's taking a nap, and everybody else is freaking out, bailing the boat, like, we're going to sink, we're going to die, we're going to drown, and they're panicking. Jesus is unconcerned. And God is the same way because God is sovereign and God is good in every season. He doesn't look at your seasons and go, oh my gosh, this is terrible. It's not going to end well. He's not panicked. He's not freaked out. He's like, no, this is going to give way. And what's going to happen is after this winter is going to come a new harvest, a new growth, a new life. You will be different on the other side of it. And so he is unconcerned about how the seasons pass. 
you had stuff to say about this too. I, I did, I did. But I wanted to remind us from this first sermon, the Hebrew word for wisdom, just to kind of anchor us in it today. Um, it's what stuck in my mind from my sermon that I did last time. And it's okma, if I'm saying it correctly. I'm not an expert in Hebrew, but it's, it's, so, it's someone who creates beauty. The Hebrew word for wisdom is someone who creates beauty. Also said is someone who creates a beautiful life. Isn't that beautiful? And that's where I was thinking about the work. To create beauty takes work, whether it's poetry, a garden, a beautiful space in your home, um, a good meal, all those things that are so beautiful, they don't just happen. They take extra work. And it also reminded me, the wisdom word of a beautiful life, reminds me of the garden. Don't we always go back there? We were made for a beautiful life. That's what you were actually created for, was a beautiful life. So with that in mind, with the idea of wisdom and creating a beautiful life, let's go to the seasons. So we're going to go to the seasons. Uh, we're going to start with fall. Here's fall. The words that I think of for fall. And just see if these resonate. And if you're like, that's where I'm at. Fall. The word is change. It's preparing to be still. You're preparing to enter wintering. It takes work. We've been working in our yard. It's not that fun. It's full of beauty, like Jamie said. Delight. Walking through life. I spent so many times. I just want to be outside as much as I can, just walking in the fall. The wind wrestles through the dry leaves. We might feel dry, like the leaves in fall. I feel dry. Fall is unpredictable. It's day by day. You don't know how long it's going to last. Some years it lasts so long and it's so beautiful. And other years it's only the beginning of September and you wake up and all the trees are bare. And I feel so gypped. I'm like, no, I have to wait a whole other year for color. It's day by day. And then it could be a long fall or we could simply jump to winter. Did you have anything for fall? I was just listening. Oh, thank you. I was really listening. Mm -hmm. And fall is very conflicting time. And I think this is generally true of the seasons, but you know, you've ever noticed that the seasons aren't just like these hard and fast, you know, today is summer, but Thursday is going to be fall, and then, you know, we go through fall, and then, you know, today is fall, but next Wednesday is going to be winter. It, it doesn't change like that, and there's these spaces in between. And so part of the description words that Heidi used for fall describe kind of early fall when life is golden and some of it is late fall when when life is chaotic and it's not just a clean cut time but we have that experience gap in between we're like fall should feel like this and yet it doesn't and what we do with that space between what we feel like it should be and what it actually is is we judge it and that's a big part of what makes us unhappy in our seasons is that we judge how things are not the way they ought to be rather than in grace holding on to, especially a season like fall, where things are in transition and chaotic, uh, we hold on to the goodness of it and rem remember that God is good in the midst of that season. 
So fall is a beautiful, wonderful time, but it is also a little bit of a scary time, very much like spring, because they're the mixture times. Next is winter. I have the most words for winter. Winter's dark. Stillness. Okay, think about this. If you have been through a winter, like time in your life, you can remember what it feels like in your body. Have you had a time that was like just full of grief? Maybe you haven't yet. Thank goodness. But like it was just winter and you can feel like, I've heard people say like there's like an anxiety in their throat and they can barely swallow. Like people describe it really differently, but you can feel winter in your body. Death, it feels long. Life can be terrifying in winter and you go into survival mode. Have you ever been in that? You're in survival mode. And in winter, you get glimpses of joy. You get moments of peace. Uh, sometimes God might be silent in winter and far away, or so it seems. And you're holding on. Like, you have to hold on to hope. And you're like, I believe all things will be new. I believe. I kind of believe. I believe. Um, in winter, we believe this too shall pass. And whatever the outcome, you say to yourself, I'll be okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And God sees me. I've noticed that beautiful and deep people have had what seems like too many days in winter. Beautiful and deep people have spent a lot of time in winter. I was reading this week, and I couldn't remember. I went back to look for it. But Kate Bowler, she is a professor at Duke Divinity. I think she might be in charge of their whole theological department. And when she was like 36, she got stage four cancer. And she said she went from, so she's like United Methodist. She went from beautiful written prayers, this is winter, to help me, help me, help. Like just help. That's a winter prayer. You go from fancy prayers to heal me, heal me, please, 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 please. And then she's like, and if you don't, just make it fast. That was her prayer when she found out how far along. It's just that's, that's a winter prayer. Fix this. Make it better. Um, yeah. So a lot of Heidi's winter words are words that people who don't go snow skiing use to describe winter. Uh, in some respects, I really love winter. I mean, I grew up in Alaska. You know, it's like the primary season, right? You have, you have, you have mud and snow. That's kind of it. And um, with the exception of like July, which is amazing. So there are some be there's beauty to winter, and there is goodness in winter. There is beauty in the stillness of a winter night when the stars are shining brighter than you've ever seen in your life. There is a, there is a beauty to the, the glow of snow at sunset, and those things are wonderful and good. Well, the sound system keeps cutting in and out. That's weird. It wasn't the mic. Oh, Okay. But winter is, while it's beautiful and sometimes hard, winter is necessary. And this is something that many of us miss out on. Uh, the fact is that if you think about things like apple trees, apple trees have to have enough cold days in order to know that it's time to move into spring and to shoot out a bud and to produce an apple. If it doesn't have enough cold days, it won't produce buds and it won't produce fruit. If wheat doesn't have enough wet days, it won't grow and produce the harvest that it's intended to, to, uh, to produce. And that's like something that we all experience around here. Some, wheat, some years the wheat harvest is massive. It doesn't look much different from the outside. 
It all looks like about the same height. But when they harvest that, you know, it's truckloads different in the amount of wheat they get if it gets enough wet days. And this is the truth of our lives as well. We need cold days, we need wet days to produce the harvest of spring and summer and fall that God has for you. And the, the pain that we experience in those winter times often offsets, or not offsets, what it does is it makes it so that we understand the joy of summer. Like we don't understand the heights of joy without the depths of pain. We don't understand the goodness of God without feeling the absence of God. And God works in these seasons and allows these things to happen so that we can produce the harvest that we are intended to produce. So we need winter. For spring. I, for spring. Spring is new life. I'm always surprised. Oh, I finally came. Like living here, I'm like, oh, I begin to think it's not going to get here again. Um, I always think this is going to last forever. And then it's here. In spring, we feel different after the pain. After the winter we've been through, we'll never be the same. Even if uh, those around us can't tell, we know we're different. There's a choice after winter. We can be more gracious, less definitive, more trusting. There's a shift deep within you after you've been through grief, after the rug's been pulled out from underneath you, a different perspective. You begin to laugh again. Some of the things, this is something I've noticed through when I go through really hard times. Sometimes when life feels like it's falling apart, I pick up practices that get me through. You have things that you just find yourself doing when life is so, so hard. Like so hard. There's different spiritual practices that I use when life is super, super hard. There's different things that I'm like, I have to have this to sleep well. And it could be 20 minutes of silence every morning. And then when spring comes, I might find that I forgot to do something. Because life wasn't so hard anymore. And so you can kind of leave some of them behind. But some of them you, you keep doing because you picked it up. And you're like, I am a better human. I am more connected to Jesus. I feel a fuller life because I picked this up during the depths of sorrow. And I just keep doing it. And I don't let go of it. And that's a gift of, um, that's a gift of winter. For me, I learned centering prayer during, um, during winter. And I don't practice as much as I did, but when life, so what centering prayer is, is it's, it's a fancy name for you start your day with 20 minutes of quiet in God's presence. And you just sit there and it's beautiful and God does work in you. And now I find myself, when I feel a little bit out of control inside of me, I have to start my days that way. We leave survival mode. And sometimes you didn't even know you were in it. Have you ever got through that and you're like, I was in survival mode and I didn't even know it. And then you get to summer. I hope some of you are in summer. <laughs> summer is, when I thought of summer, I think of heat because I live here. Probably different people use different words. Play. Play. Okay, I don't think Christians talk enough about play. I really don't think we do. Healthy human beings play. Did you know that? That's a sign of being a healthy human. You make time to play. So I challenge you, if you're like, I don't play, think about it. I read this really super awesome academic scientist book on play. And he said 
to do what you did as a child. If you're like, I don't play anymore. What did you love to do as a kid? What brought you so much joy? I love to be outside in the dirt. Loved it under a tree. I still love to be outside by a tree in the dirt. So what did you do? What did you do? Healthy human beings play. Flourishing humans play. God created us to enjoy and play. I think of the word um, light, space. We have more space in summer to do the things that we love. My eyes are drawn to beauty, awe, peace, long days. Um, Play actually heals you. It heals your mind, your body, your spirit. It heals you. And then once out of winter, you find yourself, you're able to play again. And once you're out of that playing, there's something about play that allows you to look back and to see things differently. Someone actually, I wrote this down, and then Jamie and I, one of the most beautiful things I really like about our job is sometimes people ask us to just pastoral listening, just to listen to them. So this week we sat with somebody for two hours, and we we listened to them, asked their questions, shared their thoughts, and she was talking about coming out of grief and how she was barely holding on, and she said, I still don't even know how I got through it. I still don't, have you ever said that? I still don't even know how I got through that. Human, God created us to be so resilient. Human beings are super resilient. And sometimes when you get through there after the play, something about the play allows you to be like, how did I even get through that, through that season? So did you have anything on, I just started going. Yeah, you went right into summer. From I did. Spring. You're like, hey, I thoughts. have thoughts on spring. What I thought about actually, this actually works really well. Okay. Um, in spring, um, I think often we want, and, and we do this in probably every season, we want to rush to the next. We want to hurry from the new growth to the harvest. We want to hurry through the hot days of summer where we're having to nurture and protect what God is growing in us to get to the harvest. But we can't rush through. We can't just rush from spring to summer like she did. And skipping, skipping over my whatever thoughts I had, they're gone now. But um, we, we, the, the poem that we read, I just really love this. Um, it says this, see without confusion, how without confusion it is, all that is and how flawless its grace is, running or walking, the way is the same. Um, it's not hastened here or lagged. It's found itself in that season, and we can't race through the seasons, and we can't push our, our roots deep and the, the flowers to come up in the spring right down to the or harvest of early, early fall. We have to nurture and rest in the midst of it and to, to move slowly through the seasons as well. So there's this sense of play, but there's also a sense of just resting and moving slowly and allowing the seasons to do their work and God to come to us as He will. And then, lastly, like, summer and winter are probably the two that most do this, and everything else in between is transition, but these seasons each dictate how we live. Like you said, uh, in the summer, we play. Um, in the winter, we wear coats, right? In the spring, we put on a rain jacket. Uh, we, we, we ski in the winter, we hike in the summer, we kayak in the summer. You don't want to kayak when it's snowing because it's cold. The seasons very much dictate just how we live and what we do and how we interact with one another. And as you come into your seasons, as the season that God has for you it begins to be revealed, 
know that that's going to change how you live in the world, which practices are helpful, which friends are helpful, what you know, like sometimes when Heidi and I like together feel like we're, this is a season of winter, not in our marriage so much as you know, just life, it's, it's winter. I'm like we need to call our friends, we need to go hang out with them because it's what we need to do in that season. I think the last thing that we had on our stuff was about the complexity of seasons um, and that you right now are a very complex individual. You are not, I don't want to simplify you in any way, shape, or form. Right now, there are domains of your life that are in winter. There are domains of your life that are in spring. There are domains of your life that are in summer. So your marriage right now may be experiencing the summer at its finest, the glorious, beautiful days, especially if you're newly married. Those days, it's just summer, right? It's just beautiful, and it's just easy. And then and then winter comes along, and it's you have to make effort, and you have to invest in it. Uh, you have children. You may be in a season of, of, of springtime, and your children watching them grow and flourish, or you may be in fall, and it's tumultuous, and you don't know what's going on. You In your work life, you may be experiencing uh, winter or summer. Or you guys get what I'm saying? Your life is complex. Don't don't simplify it. Don't don't like oversimplify this thing. Your life is complex. And so when we ask you our closing question, it means that the com- closing question is very complex. It's very nuanced, and you're going to have to wrestle a little bit in different uh, domains. So do we want to get to that question, or do you have more to say? Uh, almost. James one five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it shall be given to him. James 1, 5. He gives to all. It reminds me of Proverbs. That was one of the pieces of Proverbs. It's available to all of you. I think I had this idea that wisdom is for a special, elite, really smart group of people. But that's actually not scriptural wisdom at all. It's available to us, whether we are intellectually stimulating or not. It's for all of us. And it's not practical, necessarily. I think in my family, being practical was wise. Sometimes being practical is wise. Sometimes it is not. Sometimes trusting God is wise, and it is not practical. Right? It is not practical. My family was good at trusting God when it wasn't wise, or it didn't seem like it was wise, and your family does the practical. It, my family is very fun. practical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like um, one of the, it's the 11th commandment, and be practical. <laughs> it's, it's a very valuable thing. Uh, another one that I thought of and I reminded, we did Ephesians not too long ago, and this was actually something that stood out to me that we never talked about, but Ephesians 5, 9, and 10, walk as children of the light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. I love that. Try. Try to discern. It's humble, right? Try to discern. It doesn't mean you're going to always get it, but it also says it's work. You have to try. You could get it wrong. We probably do get it wrong, but try to discern. And so this says that wisdom, in a way, that's a little bit intellectual, right? You're trying to figure it out, but we'll end with James again. It's also wisdom is behavioral. Listen to this passage. I was like, we could use, we could use so many more people like this. I do not see this a lot right now in our world. The wisdom from above is first pure. Wisdom is then peaceable. True wisdom is peaceable. It's gentle. Gentle. Wisdom is gentle. Open to reason. Open. 
not closed. Wisdom is open to reason. Not all things, but you are open to reason. Full of mercy. To be wise is full of mercy. And good fruits. Good fruits. Wisdom has good fruits. Also, that's its season. It's impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace. Peace. By those who make peace. There's like three times in a little bit. Wisdom brings peace. There's not a lot of peace going around right now. And so I think we're missing a little bit of wisdom. I thought, man, if we could just pray that over us as me. I want to be that person. I want to be a person who brings peace rather than discord. I want to be open to reason. I want to be full of mercy. Um, gentle. Gentle. Being wise is being gentle. Do you know sometimes it takes work to be gentle? It is easier just to... Sometimes you have to slow it down and pray and think and ask other people to actually be peaceful and kind. Now I would love to end with those questions. <laughs> so I started this morning by telling you, not this sermon, but this morning, by telling you that our goal here is to get you to bump into each other and to bump into God. And you may have bumped into God during worship. You may have bumped into God during communion. You may have bumped into God during meet and greet, and I hope you bumped into one another during that time at the very least. You may have bumped into God somewhere along this sermon, but if you have not yet bumped into God, we want to give you a moment to be quiet and allow God to bump into you, to listen. And uh, here's the question for this morning, to ask yourself, it's actually a two, there's two questions. I'm going to give you the first one because it's, it's a little complex. You can think about one domain of your life, and what season do you find yourself in these days? What season, is it summer, is it, you know, life and play, is it winter, is there death, is it maybe spring, and there's, it, it, it may be early spring, and you just see a lot of mud, but maybe there's some green poking up out there, and you're going, oh, there's hope. Maybe it's fall, there's something coming to an end. What season do you find yourself in these days? I'm going to give you a minute of silence, and then I'm going to ask you another question to take home. you've got an answer for something. Heidi keeps reminding me this last, this last couple of weeks. Um, she's actually reminding herself, but by reminding herself, she's reminding me that the only person you can control 
is yourself. And I think it's the only thing I would actually say that you can control. You can't control your seasons. You can't control how other people treat you in those seasons. You can't control what other people think or do. All you can control is you in the seasons of your life. My second question for you, and this is a homework question because it's actually going to require some thought. And we hope to send you home every week with something that you need to think about. You're like, I got to think about that. And that maybe you would actually think about it. And that's this. Here's your homework. Ready? (laughs) What is God out to do in you in this season? Not out to do in your neighbor or your husband, your wife, your parents, you know, your friends, your children. Not out to do in them. What is God out to do in you in this season? What is it he's hoping to accomplish in you? That's a conversational question to have with God. It's a prayer question. And we want to invite you to have that conversation with God. And if you would like, with us. It's an invitation to listening. We're really good at listening. Not always good at knowing what to say. So I'll just look at you and go, oh man, that's hard. I love you. (laughs) But we'll listen. If you want to have a conversation about your seasons. You wanted to end by praying that that James passage over us. And I hope you are really connected to God in this moment because I want that. And mm-hmm. so if you could pray that over me too and maybe I could become something wise, it would be good. The only person thing you control is yourself and that's on a good day. He forgot that caveat, right? There's some days that even that's a little bit too much. <laughs> the only person... I, it's really been good for me to think about that, especially as a pastor. Isn't that interesting? I can control none of you, not none of my children, nobody else, and only on a good day myself. All right, I'm going to pray this for us. May this be true of us. God, may your wisdom from above be worked out in us. May we be pure and peaceable. May we be a people that are gentle. May we be open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits. May we be impartial and sincere. May we have a harvest of righteousness that is sown in peace as we make peace. In your power only, may this ever come true or about through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing to close. Would you guys stand with us? Praise God from In every season, may God be praised. And may you know that you are loved. We watched a movie last night where a woman murdered somebody because nobody ever said they loved her. And so I want you to hear that. Don't go murder anybody. I love you, and God loves you too. We'll see you next week. And please, give us feedback. We love you.